Hey, everyone. Welcome to this special edition of When Doves Podcast. I'm doing this one solo. Ed's not with me for here for this interview with the hosts of the State of America podcast. Before we dive into the interview, I wanted to make a quick apology. We had conducted it over Zoom, so you'll hear my voice in particular dropping out and crackling a couple of times because of technical problems. So I apologize for that. We tried to clean it up as best as we could. We hope you enjoy the show, and we will be back soon. Welcome, friends, to another episode of the Dubs Podcast, and we've been doing these interviews lately as you know these little bonus episodes season and we're very excited today ed's not with us today ed's, ed's not here so i'm fine solo but we're very excited today to have two of our earliest supporters and friends of mine ian rice and david hudson of the state of america podcast and the state of america podcast it's a black crows podcast and and listeners of of when doves podcast know that the crows are my favorite band of all time and these guys have been so generous to me in the past. Uh, they've had me on as a guest before, and they, they were one of our early supporters, and they promoted us right away. And we're super psyched to have them on. So, Ian and David, hello. Welcome to Windoves Podcast. Oh, it's great, man. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Excited to be here. I can tell you that. So, so glad to have you both. It's it's super cool. So, what I, I, what I wanted to talk to you about, a couple things, but um, – I wanted you to, like, first of all, maybe give a little background to our listeners about how you two got together, how you started State of America, and how long it's been running, and, and, and that sort of story. How did it all begin for the two of you? Well, I, David had the idea, because uh, David has another podcast, uh, Digital Killed the Radio Star, and he wanted to do you know, a series of uh, Black Crows-themed episodes talking about um, – what they call the big three albums, you know, the Southern Harmony, Amorica, and Three Stacks. Yeah. So he, he kind of threw a feeler out there and see if anybody wanted to to, to do that. Uh, little did I know that was uh, was my audition, so to speak. So uh, <laughs> I went for Three Snakes. Surprise, surprise. But uh, so I guess they even like me, you know. Yeah, I guess so. That's kind of how it all started. Yeah, my other podcast I'd had for a couple of years with a college friend, Chris. And uh, it's just kind of a general music podcast. And we've done some interviews um, and we would have other podcasters on. It's just more like just talk and discuss music. And in the back of my mind, the whole time, I've always wanted to do a Black Crows podcast because you go and you look. I mean, no offense if somebody likes Kiss. I can't stand Kiss. And there's like <laughs> a million, there's like a million Kiss epis, you know, episodes. And like, what can yeah. you talk about? Like, all their songs sound the same. You know, <laughs> I mean... Um, yeah, and even yeah. like even like bands like the National have a podcast. Uh, you know, my, right. um, War on Drugs had a had a limited run podcast, and so Grateful Dead obviously there's a bunch, and so why not the Black Crows? I mean, absolutely, they're they're the greatest live band of their generation. They yep. they transcended the musical style at the time and were were able to be successful. And they put on these legendary shows and they have fans that go and see them hundreds of times. So why not have right. that? And I have friends of mine that are casual music fans. Like, how can you do a podcast on the Black Crows? Like, they just had a couple albums and they quit. No, I, no, they didn't. You know? <laughs> right. And so, I mean, you can pick apart everything. And then, like Ian and I have done, we've had people on that aren't part of the Crows. Susan Tedeschi, Charlie Starr, Blackberry Smoke, Mark Olson from the Jayhawks. And so, right. I mean, there's a 
it's kind of like if we can make a loose connection at all, um, you know, we'll have you on. But yeah, to get back to what Ian said, that's what it was. It was an audition, and uh, he and I just hit it off. I had to prod at him for about six months to get him to finally hit the record button. <laughs> and initially, it was going to be one episode a month. And we did the first one and Ian got the bug and he's like, I think it should be more than a month. And so now like we do these episodes and we just have them stockpiled. We probably have seven or eight stockpiled. Um, yeah. So yeah. I mean, well, you guys have been going for a while now. Most yeah. of our episodes were recorded uh, a year and a half ago. And we just keep them in a vault. And <laughs> we haven't talked to each other. This is the first time we've talked to each other since then. So, right? I mean, <laughs> the, the, the point is we just don't run out of material. And obviously right. with yeah, this exactly. tour of the Black Crows, it's just given us bountiful number of episodes because we talk to somebody that goes to every show as we have talked, right. as we have talked to you about your show. Indeed. Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. And I'm curious too, guys, like so since you've been doing this and you've got, you know, other projects and other podcasts on the side and you know, following you guys and social media and, and knowing you personally now, I also see that you two often interact with other music podcasts. And it seems like there is quite a community of, of people who are, are providing music commentary and uh, analysis and stuff like that. I wonder what your take is on that. Do you think that's an accurate statement I'm making about a community of people doing this kind of work? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, there's a podcast that gave me kind of the idea to do what um, I eventually started with digital kill the radio starts so called decibel geek. And it's primarily like hard rock music of the eighties and, and, and early nineties and stuff. But it, I would listen to it and it's just two guys talking. And I'm like, this just sounds like all the conversations I've always had with my friends about music. And I'm like, they started it. They don't have a background in podcasting. I can right. start one. And so I got to know them and I, and I started going to this thing called the Nashville Rock and Pod four years ago. And it's nothing but rock music podcast. They're all set up in like a, a hotel ballroom and, um, they have guests. I mean, they've had Dave Ellison from Megadeth this year. They had, um, you know, Carmine Peace, Vinnie Apice, drums for Black Sabbath, uh, Matt Penfield, right. Mark Goodman, you know, fairly, fairly well-known yeah. people. And I've gotten to know all those people so much so that now I go in two days before the convention starts and just hang out with my friends. And Ian got to go for the first time this weekend. And then because of our podcast, um, all Things Blues and Southern Rock is a podcast. Uh, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes started. Uh, I kind of guided Brian through the process, and then uh, he had an issue where he needed a new guest host, so I suggested Jason. And um, they started it off. You know, you started your podcast. We know you. And so I promote anybody that's friends of ours. Uh, oh, um, Brando from the Appetite for Distortion podcast. We've become buddies right, with him, right. the Guns N' Roses yep. guy. And uh, he's yeah. uh, he actually even went to a guns and I mean a Black Crow show uh, recently. Right. But my whole theory is none of us are going to get rich doing this. You know, no. I mean, we don't have an ego about what we do. Um, no. So let's promote everybody. You know, like when you Agreed. when you said, "Hey, I've the first episode of our Prince podcast is up." Well, I immediately like retweeted it, and people go follow it and stuff like that. And so it's yeah. it's to me it's a no brainer just to help people because agree also. Like I'm on your podcast because I have a podcast. You, you know, you did your show review with us because you have a podcast now, right? And so yeah, also, exactly. it's a feeder system for guests. If anything, <laughs> yeah, if nothing else, absolutely. And I think your point is well taken. Like you know, the all of these projects, whether it's ours, it's you guys, it's Appetite for for, dist for Distortion, and so on. Like we're all doing this 
for the love of the music that we're fans of to sort of take a deep dive to keep our own creative juices flowing. And, and I think that in itself is kind of a worthy endeavor, uh, you know, these days. Um, and so let me, so let me say this, probably a lot of our listeners are like, well, why are we talking to these black crows dudes? Like, what do they care about Prince? But I think probably for the casual, well, for, for, for some Prince fans, they wouldn't know that the crows aren't just a blues based band, that they have a lot of influences in, in their sound that, that Chris and Rich Robinson, um, they cite all kinds of influences when they talk about what they're into alternative rock and blues and, and jazz and folk music and like all, all kinds of things, pop music. And I know that Chris himself is a Prince fan. Um, you guys, I'm sure have seen that clip when, he was still touring with the CRB. The, the I don't know if it was the day that Prince died. It was, it was soon the after. after they, yeah. It was soon after they had a show and they covered Raspberry Beret. A really lovely, sort of ch- lilting, charming cover of, of Raspberry Beret. connections maybe that you see between a band like the black crows a musician like prince who also was kind of all-encompassing in his influence as well i'm just wondering what ties you might see there well i think one of the things is they both did things their own way often to their own detriment. yeah 
financially, True. financially you had, you know, Prince going with the symbol and then he's had this on again, off again, low romance slash hatred of record labels. Um, yep. he clearly did not play the same set list every night. Matter of fact, right. a lot of the songs he would rework different arrangements. And a lot of times he wouldn't even play the whole song. They would kind of meander off, you know, into something else. The Crows, for the most part, have never played the same set list. Cool covers. Prince is known for doing cool covers of, of bands. Absolutely. I, yeah. mean, j- I mean, he had the world's biggest stage at the Super Bowl and he does a Foo Fighters song. Right. So I, I think that, I think there's an independent spirit against, I think he and Chris have it in common. Like they don't like being told what to do. And for sure. they'll go against the grain for the sake of going against the grain, even if it hurts them. Uh, you yeah. know, and I mean, we've all heard of like missed business opportunities the Crows have had. They, I mean, they made the decision. So, I mean, I don't feel sorry for them. Uh, you know, to, yeah. for instance, you know, they didn't go on the Guns N' Roses Metallica tour. You know, they did the, the theater, right. but we got the highs the moon tour because of that. So I think that, right. and then I just think Prince and Chris and Rich and all the guys in the Crows have an appreciation for music and do not put their appreciation of music below their ego. For instance, Prince, I heard him say he grew up in a kind of a white neighborhood and he had all, cause if you listen, he loves classic rock. He loves the, yeah, he does. you know, he, he yeah. loves all kinds of music. And I think Chris and rich, you know, Chris always talks about Atlanta. He calls it the black Mecca and he grew up yeah. there and he had all the influence of like Otis Redding. And so I think it's pretty cool. They take influences that maybe not quote unquote fit their demographic, um, when they were growing up and have compiled that yeah. into kind of like a stew. Cause there's plenty of soul music in the black crows. There's plenty of rock music with Prince. Uh, that's absolutely right. And you know, to that, that point, exactly. So I only got to see Prince live twice. And the first time I saw him was in 2004, I think was the year it was the musicology tour. And it was a great show. Three hours. I mean, of course he's got an amazing band and incredibly musicians that are backing him. And during the, the third hour of that show, um, he started playing this riff, right? I, I think I've told this story before on the pod, but he, he started playing this riff, this dun 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 All the white folks in the audience go berserk. They go berserk. And all the all the black folks are like, What 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 is he doing? And he was playing Zeppelin's whole lot of love, right? Wow. And he played the whole song, including the weird breakdown with the cymbals and stuff and percussion in the middle. He played the whole thing. So yeah, I think Prince absorbed so many influences, and 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 much like you're saying with the Crows and, and Chris in particular, I think uh, I never heard Chris Robinson say this is a style of music that I hate. Right? I never heard him speak that way, and I certainly never heard Prince speak that way. Would you agree with that, Ian? Do you think that's accurate? It's totally accurate, and I I I think of the for me the biggest thing that ties them both kind of together in a way is they're both artists that are so much more than maybe initially meets the eye. Yeah. Whereas you can start delving into them and you go, well, I didn't know they did anything like this. And, uh, yeah, I I learned that the, the most accurate representation I ever saw that with, with Prince is when he came out at the, uh, I believe it was the rock and roll hall of fame, or maybe it was a tribute to George Harrison. I'm not, or or it was the rock and roll hall of fame. Yeah. It was the hall of fame. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Basically, he blew everybody off the stage and just, you know. Yeah. But hold on, hold on, and, hold on. Let's back up. He blew Tom Petty off the stage. He blew right. uh, Jeff Lynn. Jeff Lynn. He, Steve Winwood. 
Uh, yeah. I forget his name. Tom Petty's drummer, who uh, what's his name? Oh, um, uh, uh, his name's uh, uh, Steve. Is it Steve oh, Ferrone. His name? Steve Ferrone. Steve Ferrone. Right. That's and, it. Yeah. And Petty has often said that Steve Ferrone's the most talented person that's ever played with the Heartbreakers, and right. he blew them off. The, like it wasn't even. It would be like me trying to play next to Steve Vai. You know, I mean, right. he just blew them <laughs> right. off the stage. Right. They were not in the same for two minutes. They were not in the same league. All right, sorry. And then yeah. he uh, he kind of he kind of princed it up at the end and just kind of threw his guitar up in the air, you know, and walked off. And it doesn't like come that. down. And it no. doesn't come down. <laughs> you know, that was that was the coolest. That was the cool. I mean, I know that was like a rock star, or whatever. But when it didn't come down, I was like, yes, I was in. I was there for that. That was the coolest thing. That was the coolest thing. Yeah, um, yeah. So and now, if I remember correctly. And maybe, guys, correct me if I'm wrong. David, you're a big Purple Rain fan. Am I right about that? Yeah. So to to backtrack a little bit, I was born in 1976, yeah. and right. I become I started just being. A, this is going to sound stupid, but I started being like fascinated with music at age five, to the yeah. point that I would. Um, um, my dad knew a guy at the record station, and so after they would play like the Casey Kasem Top Forty, he would give my dad those records, and so I could listen to the Top yeah. Forty. And, but <clears throat> all I heard was those songs and I would listen to the radio right. and all I heard was songs. So when I was like seven, I asked my mom for like a big boom box and she's like, well, what do you want me to get you to listen to? And I said, um, Van, ha- a Van Halen cassette, uh, the Footloose soundtrack and a Prince cassette. Well, I thought it what was a child of the eighties. Child I, of the eighties right there. I thought it was just gonna be like a print song. And I remember I put it in yeah. the boom box and I'm like, there's nine or ten songs on here? How come I haven't heard yeah. these on the radio? So Prince was actually the first time I understood what an album was. And I remember oh, interesting. and I remember I would just play it over and over and over. And I still say I tell this people all tell this to people all the time. There's three perfect songs that have ever been written. Anytime you hear Amazing Grace on bagpipes, Pink Floyd's Comfortably Numb, particularly the ver- the live version on, on the Pulse album, and Purple Rain. And Purple Rain has one of the most recognizable opening intros. It is a song. Yep. My understanding is each verse is about a different subject. Like the first verse is about, uh, is it his father? And the second verse is about mm-hmm. his girlfriend. And the third verse is about America. Is that, yep. is that, is that correct? Yep. That, that's that's one of the theories. That's one of the theories. Yeah. So I love Purple Rain. You know, it was obviously it was sad when he died, but it was awesome seeing the number of people that played. Eric Clapton played that. Government Mule played it with yeah. Marcus King and brought the house down. They should have quit playing when that song was over with. You know, <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. had you had Springsteen did a cover of it. Yeah. yeah, and you had pop stars doing it, and he's just the kind. He's I think the only two people our generation you can say this about. Prince and Tom Petty, you're just not going to find somebody that overtly dislikes their music. We'll be back after a quick break. Is real music dying? What even is real music and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird and the deep questions. And we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer, or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in and go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts.
I think that's yeah, like yeah, I think that's a fair statement. Like yeah, I've never heard anybody say, "Man, I fucking hate Tom Petty." Nobody says that, <laughs> right. and and no, and nobody says that about Prince. I think that's I think that's totally accurate. Ian, what was your what was your introduction to Prince? Did do, do, do you can you recall? I do actually. It's it's maybe probably a very non-standard introduction to Prince, but when I was about eight or nine, when the first Batman film came out, and yeah. Prince did the entire soundtrack to that film, and I I bought that cassette tape and I wore that thing out. I loved that. <laughs> I, said, I I don't even yeah. know like in the in the whole Prince canon where that falls that that album if it kind of holds up for people or or what but i i love that and that's where i kind of started and i've i've always appreciated the guy since then yeah you know it's funny you mentioned the batman one because so it 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 was one of his last big commercial hits he sold two two million copies of that one he never sold another record that sold as many albums as the batman soundtrack and then i think it got i mean I i won't say i think it did ed and i covered it in an earlier podcast like as years went by, people kind of slammed it and they said it was too uh, thrown together, blah, blah, blah. But in the last like five, six years, especially since he passed away, there's been a reassessment again of that Batman soundtrack. There's good stuff on that record. There's really good stuff on that. record. Oh yeah. Yeah. That totally, that totally holds up. That totally holds up. Yeah. That's cool. Um, now I don't think neither of you ever saw him, right? You ever see him live? Get a chance? No, fortunately, I, I had I had a couple of chances in college, but I was a broke college student. Yeah, well, <laughs> well yeah, as were we all. Um, he was also much like the Crows, I think, an incredibly dynamic live performer. And to me, that is another thing that they they had in common. Um, and Prince Prince was also, you know. Yes, he was a world-class guitar player, an incredible vocalist. He was also the front man for a band, right? Uh, much like when Chris, and you know, we talked about this on, on the, la- the episode I just did for you guys, Chris as a front man is also kind of untouchable. And I think there's a connection there between them as well. Would you guys agree with that? Absolutely. Um, there's, there's certain, you know, there's front men that are serviceable and they, and they get the job done. And there's just guys that just have this, charisma that you can't yeah. quite put your finger on but it's it's always there and it makes them almost like otherworldly and, and both prince and chris robinson have that effect at least in my opinion but yeah. they they do it with talent it's not showmanship for the sake of showmanship right. like right. like that right. no, like that no talent hack vince neil of motley say david lee roth i'm not gonna say david <laughs> roth but like vince neil he first of all he can't sing he cannot remember his own words and he makes yeah. me look like i'm in shape and so, I mean, but just, it's not dancing around on stage. It's not, can you twirl a microphone? You know, Chris, Chris Robinson can stay in a six by six box on the stage and completely take it over and entertain you. And right. Prince was and, the same. And, and Prince was a consummate showman, showman, but it, the music never suffered. It was always yeah, about right. the music first. I feel like with Chris and Prince, it's less about being a front man and feeling the music. And just letting it do yeah. to them what it does to them. I mean, I, I agree with real, that. I think it's a real testament to to Prince because he has this like aura of being almost like godly, and he was very he was very slight man. He was you know, yeah. quite quite short and, and skinny, and but he doesn't come across that way. That's that's like the no. It, you're you're totally right about that. I mean, the the thing I had said I, I had said this once before, I think, but and you Ian, you you spoke to this like his 
charisma. It was so overwhelming on stage that it was almost like it kind of it just kind of knocked you back. And I, I have said that, in, in my opinion, of like the real of that real huge level of rock star, um, I feel like I've only ever seen two that captured that charisma. And one was Bono, truthfully. Whatever we think of Bono, the dude's got charisma for days, and he yeah. can he can he can hold a crowd in his hand. And the other one was Prince, you know, on that on that giant, huge, giant level, um, for sure. Now, here's a question I have for you guys, and and um, I should have prepped you for this one, but I'll be curious to hear what you think. For our listeners who are are primarily Prince people, what would what would be the Crows album or maybe a couple of songs? that you would recommend to them as Prince fans that maybe would capture their interest. Maybe they'd see a little connection there. Some, Oh, David's ready. He's got it. The, you fir- got? the first one that comes to mind is I ain't hiding. Tell us why. Dude, tell us about that one. Well, it's our it's listeners a, probably won't know. It's a it's kind of a funk song. It's got this yeah. like the intro is kind of almost like this seventy disco disco vibe to it. It has that going for it. It has a blistering guitar solo, which I think Rich did just because he hates the song so much. Um, you know, <laughs> to to tick Chris off, and it's just got a, a funk and a and it's got a swagger to it, kind of like a lot of Prince's songs had a lot of swagger. It's not like when you listen to rap music and, and the rapper is bragging about themselves in like a kind of a bragga, braggadocious way, Prince is like saying, this is, this is who I am and what I can do. And obviously I ain't hiding is kind of like, is about Chris is like, I have this, I'm part of this drug culture and I'm not scared of it. Here it is. I'm going to live my life how I want to. Um, yeah, I think, I think you could, you got to go with, uh, uh, you got to go with Ozone Mama. Mama, that's a good choice. Yeah. And then, um, oh, um, halfway to everywhere, the live version. Yeah. 
Only Halfway to Everywhere is a big old soul song with a lot of groove to it, a lot of yeah, that's a really good choice. Ian, what do you think? What are, what are some thoughts you have? David stole all mine. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> one other one I'll throw in there, I would have to say uh, some a lot of the material on Lions comes to mind. Like even Soul Singing itself, I think, yeah. might have the right vibe. Yeah, that could be. And you know what? I was thinking, too, from Lions, which is their Crow's uh, sixth album for folks who are listening, um, would be uh, maybe Lay It All On Me, a big old yeah. sweeping ballad. That's an underrated ballad in my yes. opinion from the Crow's. That might appeal to it's got it's it's got uh purple rainish vibes to it i'm not saying it's purple rain that intro but for it's sure got a, yeah that intro yeah right yeah cool 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 um so those so yeah folks look up those songs and we'll we'll put we'll put a list up of those uh for you to check out um and guys i don't want to keep you too long i'm so grateful that you're here uh so we we always end with a quick like we're gonna hit you with your if you can give us your t- top five your top five Prince songs, Ian. What is your top five Prince songs? Top of the list for me is uh, "Delirious." I love that tune. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Delirious. Yeah. And then I had two from "Purple Rain." I had obviously "Let's Go Crazy" because I just like yep. you know "Let's Go Crazy," "Let's Get Nuts." You know, like, I just like yeah. Well, an all-time guitar solo on that one too. An all-time one. Yeah. Yeah, and um, there's something. I don't. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I've always just loved a certain. I, I think it's like the atmosphere of the song. But when doves cry, obviously a big hit. But that song yeah. is very t- touches me in a certain way. Yeah. Um, and then I had uh, trust from the Batman soundtrack. Oh yeah, good choice. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which uh, inevitably you have to think of Jack Nicholson when you're watching that. You know, <laughs> you, up you have no joke. choice. You, you one must. <laughs> <laughs> and then um you had mentioned this song earlier i did actually did not realize that chris robinson brotherhood had done a cover of it uh and that was raspberry beret i I've always yeah. been a big fan of that tune david your top five let's see uh i gotta go off the bat with sign of the times i think uh, uh i think killer. i think that's the what's going on of the 80s um if you well listen said. if yeah. you if you listen to those lyrics right now it could have been written yesterday Absolutely. And it's also 100%. it also makes you realize nothing's changed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> also true. Meet, meet the new ball, same as the old balls, you know, everything yeah, is the same. Yeah. Um obviously Purple Rain. Um yep. that is one of I don't know what it is about it. There's there's some songs that just get me emotional regardless of what of what, what my mood is. There's something about yeah. that song that transcends music. Um the clip where he played that at the Super Bowl and it is raining is possibly my greatest favorite live footage of anything I've ever seen. You could not have asked for yeah. it to be any, you know, any better than that. Uh, like Ian said, Raspberry Beret. How can you not like that song? It's a perfect pop song. It's an all timer. It's, yeah, it's a perfect pop song, pop song that will put a smile on your face, regardless of what's Absolutely. going on. And now this one is kind of like my out of left field one, but 
I love the song Bat Dance. I think it was ahead. Interesting. It, I think, yeah. I think it was ahead of its time, you know, with the yeah. Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. You know, he was right. he was yeah, dropping all in, the samples and all yeah, that. Yep. It's dropping in these samples and the song is so schizophrenic. But then yeah. it kind of winds up making sense. Because I went to see that um, that movie the weekend it came out. And I was all hyped because yeah. I heard Prince was doing the soundtrack. And so right. I love that song. I don't skip it like when it comes like on my Spotify random song list, you know? No way. And then you've got to go with Let's Go Crazy. One of the most iconic opening guitar riffs of all time. That's when you f- realize this guy can shred. And he's just hold, holding back. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love the whole sentiment of the song. The intro, the yeah. spoken intro where he's, you know, almost sounding like a preacher or whatever. Yeah. Um, Dearly beloved. It yep. just gets me every time. And I love watching other people play it. Like there was a, there was some type of tribute to him. And it, I believe the artist's name is her H period E period. Yes. She She's shreds incredible. it. She shreds it. She shreds it. Yeah, I mean, just it. absolutely tears it up, and so. But that, by the way, that's a great thing. Gary Clark Jr. is on that that show. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I could have gone. I could have gone with. Uh, I could have honestly put the whole Purple Rain album on there. It's a it's a yeah. top five album of all time for me. Um, yeah. And, and then you know you have some of the other stuff that was on Sign of the Times, which is a an album that I think was way over its head, uh, not over its head, way yeah. up ahead of its time. Yeah. And yeah. a very heavy album. And then at times very lighthearted, which was Prince. Yeah. Which was Prince. Like that's really well said. I, that kind of, that kind of encapsulates his whole thing. I agree. I want to express my sincere gratitude to Ian Rice and David Hudson of the state of America podcast. Check them out. Their episodes come out a lot. They're on all the time and you can follow them on Twitter. They're on Instagram. Um, they got cool swag. I have one of their shirts. I don't have it on right now, but I have, I, I've worn it on other episodes for this. Um, and they're super good dudes and they were so generous with their time with me today. So check them out. Ian and David, thank you so much for being here. So grateful. Thanks for having us. Anytime. It's a real pleasure. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time on when Dove's podcast.